Hi everyone, welcome to the What's Going On podcast about world football. My name is Jacob and I got with me my friend Chua. How are you doing? I'm perfectly fine, bro. I'm happy we're finally doing this. Nice to hear. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, Proud time. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Um, this will be, as you heard previously, this will be a football, uh, a football podcast. Um, and it's actually the game that brought us together for 10 years ago. That we actually met the first time on a football pitch. Yeah, right? Right by yeah. our parents' place. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And ever since, we've been discussing football. We've been discussing to like start a podcast or do something else. Um, with the, the, the talk that we have like on a daily basis about football. Exactly. Now we're sitting here. Feels, feels yeah, exciting. Good. I mean, we're jogging another week. Yeah. Uh, like, ah, man, it could, could be pretty fun to try it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this will be a pilot, pilot episode. Yeah. So we will start off with, um, yeah, talking a bit about the elephant in the room. Uh, besides the, the World Cup, the ongoing World Cup in uh, Qatar that started yesterday. Uh, but we will actually uh, go a bit back in time, about a week ago, and talk about the situation that no one uh, could have thought of or that could none, no one could have, like, uh, missed it out, and it's the Ronaldo interview with Piers Morgan. Um, what are your brief thoughts about the, the interview to start off with? I mean, my initial thoughts are that it was a kind of a, it was a self-serving interview. Yeah, um, I felt like it's all been manufactured for one reason, and that's for him to leave the club. Right? Yeah. Um, honestly, the love affair is over between yeah. United and Ronaldo. Yeah. There's no, there's no, there's no doubt about it. No, no way back from that interview. No. I think it's I both ways. So. Like, yeah, the club don't want it back, and he doesn't want to come back either. Right? Yeah, exactly. This was because the situation this summer it was pretty complicated. They, I think that he he wanted to leave hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and I think that the club they they saw that they could use him because he's still a good player. He's still a decent player, even though he's come up in his age, uh, and he's past his prime. Um, but I think Ten Hag still saw that he could uh, contribute on on the on the field, but um. He has contributed sometimes in some games, but it's also shown that he, um, he, he hasn't been that motivated. And it's also been, been hard for him to be like the, the, the father of the team, like to show, yeah. uh, to show with examples, um, like um, lead the youngsters with examples. That's been hard for him. Uh, I, I actually thought that he would handle the situation better. That he, could that. Actually, that he could actually, you know, um, he, he could sit on the bench, come in and contribute without like being uh, unmotivated and so on. But that has been uh, challenging for him. He's been a fantastic footballer starting every game for the best teams in the world for so many years. So I think his ego is bigger, uh, bigger than his, uh, than his uh, own thoughts yeah. on, this, on this thing. I honestly think you know, he's really been struggling to handle his decline yeah. with any grace or dignity. You yeah, mean? definitely. He's he 37, is not, not as good as he once was, but he's still, based on the interview with Piers Morgan, he still thinks he's the best player in the world. Yeah, right? which yeah. he I think, clearly isn't. I think he has that mindset. Um, and that's why he's gotten as far as he has. Yeah, exactly. And that's also like, it's the same thing with Slatan. I think that even though he's like 41 now and he's like, uh, he's, he's uh, on a decline, he still wants to get back and wants to show the world how good he is. And I think Ronaldo wants to do ex- exactly the same. And I think that he, he feels like the time of his career is running out. Mm. He's, he, he, he doesn't like to sit on the bench. Um, and just like not contribute on the football field and but the interesting thing we haven't mentioned this uh, uh, yet but you are a United fan massive yeah massive and I, I I don't have like a specific team internationally but in England if it's some team that I 
I wouldn't say I support, but that I follow and pretty much watch every game, it's Man United. And mm. for me, um, I think it's crazy like how he's actually treated the club and not like only the club, he, how he's been treating the fans, how he's treating the current manager who's actually doing well for United. It was a long time ago since you saw United on this level and that you saw like a progress. It was yeah. 10 years ago. And also um, how he treated, he's treating the club that actually uh, took him to the level uh, to the Ballon d'Or level that he that he once were on. Uh, what what are your thoughts about his like um, the, all of the things that he does to Manchester United as a as a football club? I mean, you're referring to what he's said in this interview. Yeah, his, yeah, exactly. I mean, his behavior yeah, this this autumn, yeah, in winter, basically. I mean, I think I think he's been you know kind of totally out of line in all yeah. honesty. Um, it's kind of gotten to the point where he feels like. You know, he feels like he's bigger than the club, right? Yeah. Charlie Ferguson said, the, the minute the Manchester United player feels that they're bigger than the club, he yeah. has to go, right? And yeah. that's kind of how it's um, become now. Yeah. And I think that, you know, in any business, right? If I, and the company I work, if I speak up or if I, you know, talk, um, yeah, criticize, you know, my manager or the, um, the, the board, the, yeah. the executives of the company, yeah. then, you know, it's the chances of me continuing that employment are pretty low, right? Yeah. It's the same here in this club. That is something that I, I think this should be, should have been handled internally. Yeah, that's the thing. I think that if they would have speak, spoken up um, during this autumn, I think they could, could have found a solution to this, right. to this uh, situation totally. Totally agree. Uh, like, they should have gone into the room, you know, yeah. the board, unite, uh, the board, Ronaldo, the manager, yeah. you know, just discuss, like, we don't respect each other, we don't like each other, no. let's, let's find a resolution to this. Yeah. But I, I have uh, a thought that actually, in, in the media, I've been, the things I've seen pretty much has been about Ronaldo, criticizing Ronaldo, basically, but we've been discussing a lot about, the, like, the management in Manchester United on a mm -hmm. broad level, uh, with the Glazers, mm -hmm. and so on, but do you also think that Eric Ten Hag, could uh, could get some critic criticism of how he's he's been handling the situation. In my opinion, I think he's handled it amazingly. You think so? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I honestly don't think he's put he's put it for wrong. To be yeah. honest, I think yeah, perhaps you know there's some rumors about maybe he didn't communicate enough with Ronaldo in the summer. Yeah. About his about what Ronaldo's kind of position in the club was. Yeah. Um, but I still think you know the, he's really shown that he's a boss. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and also, and there's no doubt about that. Yeah. You know? And I think he's really strength, strengthened his, what United fans think of him because of how he's handled the situation. And I, I also think that through all of the things that he, he did during mm -hmm. this summer, he had so many other things to focus on. It was a football club that had been struggling for 10 years. Yeah. Um, there's been bad signings, it's been poor management, it's been a terrible fans, ownership. Yeah, terrible ownership. There's been fans who've been. Um, who've been disappointed with how the club is run mm -hmm. and how the club is playing their football. I think Eric Ten Hag, he, he had so much, he had so much to focus on when it comes to like the playing style, uh, which player to bring in, um, how he was going to communicate with the team, um, what type of football uh, his Manchester United was going to play and how Manchester United was going to um, grow and to be one of the, um, one of the biggest clubs in England again and try yeah. to, get closer to the, the giants that are uh, there are um, winning titles right now, which yeah. is Liverpool and Manchester City. Yeah. It's been they've been miles miles apart. Yeah. But I think that Eric Ten Hag in this short amount of time he has been uh, um, decreasing that uh, that space has been um, 
been there for several years. Yeah, we're definitely close to them from a footballing perspective. It actually yeah. looks like there's an idea about how we play. Yeah. You know, there's a kind of philosophy. You know, yeah. It's a kind of overused buzzword, but yeah. now you kind of see it at United. Yeah. And something you haven't really seen. And that's also the thing if we should like go back to Ronaldo's situation. That has been hard for him too because um, Eric Ten Hag, he wants players to press high. Yeah. He wants players to run. He wants players to commit to the... To the to being a squad player, yeah. not be like an ego running around uh, doing his own business, and I think also that has been a problem for Ronaldo. Yeah, um, a big thing. problem. But um, what what do you think about like because because he had some pretty like wild quotes yeah. about former teammates, uh, for example, um, Rooney. I would say the best player in the Manchester United history, maybe Wayne Rooney. Yeah, yeah words he's... even said said about him. What yeah, is he said. Opinion? He said, I don't know why he criticized me so much. Maybe he's jealous because he finished his career in his 30s and I'm still playing at a high level. I'm not going to say that I'm looking better than him, which is true. But, you know, first of all, I, th- I thought that was quite necessary. And then he also called him a rat, right? Yeah. Which I thought was, you know, why do you have to call Wayne Rooney a rat? Yeah. So in general, I think that was totally need- needless. Yeah. And almost, almost a bit weird, in fact. Yeah. You know, like to, yeah. to, have, to feel the urge to say that about... Yeah. Wayne Rooney, you know, his, his partner at the time of United. For, for me, it just, like, emphasizes what I've always thought. Like, their relationship uh, hasn't been that good. I remember back in 06, mm. in the World Cup tournament, when uh, they were having a, uh, an argument and they, there was a situation um, where it was a red card mm. given. Um, and it's always been, like, talks that they are friends, but that happened. But I've always felt, like, I don't think that they liked each other that much. Mm. They were both really good players that sometimes like to play football together, but I don't think that they um, they liked each other as human beings and mm. people. And I think that this this whole uh, quote shows exactly that. Yeah. yeah. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair point. Yeah. And even yesterday, I think Rudy was on TV and he got asked, you know, star one, bench one, and sell one. And it was, yeah. was it Messi, Kane, and Ronaldo or something? I forgot. And the one he chose to sell was Ronaldo. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, exactly. shots fired. Yeah, exactly. You say. Um, but one thing I wanted to touch on also was what he said, kind of about Ralph Rangnick. Um, yeah. you know, he said, "If you're not a manager, how can you be the boss of Manchester United?" I've never heard of him. You know, he's no. not a coach; he's a sporting director. And I thought, you know, it doesn't it doesn't matter if you haven't heard of him. Honestly, you know, he came with a reputation of being a good sporting director. Yeah. Um, not every single manager is like a coach. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like all the managers that he's had, like Ancelotti. He's not the one putting the cones out in the training ground. So Alex wasn't either. So Alex yeah. wasn't doing that. Mourinho was Mourinho was on the pitch, but it was Rui Faria who was kind of organizing mm-hmm. the training. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, you've got the likes of Guardiola and Alisman, Ten Hag. They're more coaches. But most of the managers Ronaldo have had, they're not, they're not like typical coaches. So I didn't really get that point either. Right? Like, I, I just think that it's like... I know yeah. you're a big fan of Ralph Ragnick. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I've been, I've been following, like, I'm actually 25% German. Um, so so I, I've been like following the German football, uh, even though I'm not a huge fan, but I still I fancy that league. I think it's an interesting league. And the Ralf Ragnick have been doing some uh, crazy things for over like 20 years in, mm. Germ- in German football. And he was also part of the, the Red Bull, uh, Red Bull Complexity mm. um, with a, a great amount of clubs. And the, he had a, a really good career until he came to Manchester United. So for me, it's just like show that he's ignorant yeah. in the first way, and also that he's pretty like bad on reading in uh, like 
uh, on the, like what's going on in world football. Yeah, man. It shows. I, I think that if if he have done that, would have done that in for say for let's say a Spanish club mm. or an Italian club, I would definitely think that he would know who he is. But I think that Ronaldo, um, because he hasn't been playing in Germany, mm. I don't think that he he knows him that well. Yeah. But I think it's like quite like ignorant to say that. But a man that actually had quite a good career in really good clubs. And yeah. also, who was actually also doing good things for Manchester United, but he didn't get the players that he wanted, uh, and it was a tough situation that he came with. But I still think also that Ragnik was part of this pro- uh, progress. At least he didn't do fantastic result wise, but I still think that he was like he started off something that Eric Ten Hag could go on and continue developing. Yeah, for sure. So, and he was honest about, you know, yeah. we need new players. Yeah. There's a lot of shit. Yeah. yeah. We, need, we need to step up if we want to have any chance of getting to, yeah. to a Liverpool city. So. I think that, that just shows that Ronaldo is quite ignorant uh, and then that he doesn't uh, know <laughs> so much about world football. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And also the... Yeah. Couple more points, just like on the Glazers. Yeah. Right? You know, he's like, the Glazers don't care about the club. I mean, professionally, sportingly, mm-hmm. as you know, Manchester is a sporting club. They get the money for marketing, the sports, they really don't care. Right? So, you know, he really, he did talk about the Glazers, which half of me I thought was really good. You know, someone yeah. of his stature talk, talked up about the Glazers, which yeah. we haven't seen enough. But the other half of me felt, okay, um, I mean, it, is he only doing this to get sacked? Right? Yeah. For the club to to fully end his relationship with the club, or is it really genuine? I didn't really feel like, you know, he's doing it to make the club better, but rather just to end up to make sure that he he leaves the club. And everything same about the infrastructure, right? Yeah. So the jacuzzi is the same, the gyms the same, even the chefs are the same. Yeah. I mean, I think the same with that. You know, if you really care about that, why not talk about that in the summer when you arrived or yeah. you know at a different time? Right? Yeah. Why now in your exit interview? Yeah. All right. I think it's sure that he's he's. Um... He's, he's a big ego. Man, way too big. But something that if we gonna... Did you have anything more or was this your last um, point? Yeah, just one final one. Just something like his loyalty to United fans. You know, he yeah. always talked about United fans and yeah. being loyal and, yeah. you know, how he loves the fans and so much. And I think, yeah. I mean, you know, Ronaldo wanted to join Man City if it wasn't from a last minute intervention from Sir Alex Ferguson, right? Yeah. He would have gone there. Yeah. And also, and this was also a guy who said he was... He called him, who called himself a slave when United didn't let him go yeah. in 2008. Yeah. And then a year later, then he ended up leaving to go to Real Madrid, right? And yeah. this was also when United were in the brink of something special. Yeah. Right? We, you know, won the Champions League and so on. And yeah. still... So I don't really think, you know, he has a loyalty to United fans. No. Right? Like, um, it's the same thing there. Yeah, and, and he feels he betrayed. He himself. Yeah, he feels betrayed, but I feel like he's yeah. actually the one who's betrayed United fans. Yeah. See you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And uh, but if we should talk about the last thing, something that I thought was actually, I felt like pretty sensitive when I heard it when he mm. was talking about Lionel Messi. Yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah, it I was like it was actually like really humble mm. when he talked about Messi in that way. How he appreciated that they have been like fighting for the for the for the Ballon d'Or spot mm. for so many years and the huge respect that they have for each other. Um, but also like I also like that he. He um he talked about like his wife having a uh, having a good relationship with uh, Messi's wife because yeah, they're both, they were all from all Argentina that. and so on. So I thought that was really that was really uh, touching actually, and I liked the picture. And, yeah, the, the one with Louis Vuitton. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The one that the is one all that broke over, the internet. Yeah, all over the internet right now. Yeah. Uh, I think that was actually one of the last parts that came out from this interview, and yeah. uh, it actually left me with like a good good feeling. 
yeah. uh, after it all. So, so it came out something that yeah. I actually liked from this interview. Yeah, me too, honestly. Also about Solskjaer, he kind of he plays yeah. Solskjaer as well. Yeah. Um, and also plays a couple of United players, Diogo yeah. Dalot, Casemiro, yeah. Yeah. Martinez. Yeah. Um, so there are some things I agree. You know, he called himself a black sheep, which I kind of also agree with last season. Yeah. You know, he got a lot of criticism when maybe it shouldn't have been all on him. No. Right? You know, so he definitely had some fair points. I agree. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think overall, overall, like, I think it was, you know, weird, you know, also to do the interview. Terrible timing as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, for United, like right before Ten Hag won't have a press conference for six weeks and so on. Yeah. But ultimately, I think it's for the best for United and for him. Yeah. You know, he's going to leave. Maybe not for his legacy. That's another question. Yeah. But for his situation after the World Cup yeah. in Qatar. So let's see where he ends up. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see Ronaldo in the World Cup. I was actually discussing it with a few friends, friends of mine. Mm. How he will perform now in the World Cup. And I think that Ronaldo... Uh, in the Portugal shirt, he's most most probably he's like always, uh, always playing well when he playing for Portugal. So I think he's he's gonna contribute, uh, quite well. You think for so? The, for yeah. the Portuguese, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, he always he always does step up in the Portuguese shirt. Yeah, I remember the game we had together actually. Must yeah. Have been like I don't know nine years ago now. The it's also like ten years ago. I think uh, it was two thousand twelve. Yeah, twelve or thirteen. I think yeah. thirteen. Yeah. Um, when he knocked Sweden out, yeah. Patrick at the Friends Arena. Yeah. Uh, one of his best performances, I think. Yeah. Um, Against a terrible Swedish defense. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, man, on to the World Cup. Yeah. And if we, we start off with um, the World Cup, always exciting. May, always. World Cup in football. Always. You always. Know, maybe, maybe not as much this year, actually, as usual. I, w- I, would, I would still say, though, because... The World Cup in football, for me, is the, is the biggest event in the world. Mm. People that like American football can say it's the Super Bowl, but for me, the World yeah. Cup, it, it's so much bigger. Yeah, it's by far the biggest sport. So event. even though it's in a country that, are, that you're not allowed to love who you want, mm. it's not allowed for people to, uh, to have sex if they're not engaged. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so many contra- controversies. Women rights, you know, women rights, terrible. Um, and to have a World Cup in a country like this, also with the infrastructure that was terrible right. before they got it, they got this whole World Cup. Right. That you have to build like so many, re- so many stadiums and so many like hotels. other infrastructures, hotels, uh, highways, you, you camping sites. Yeah, fans are staying at. Yeah, so, exactly. some of those are an absolute joke. Yeah, I, I actually got like the Woodstock '99 feeling of like the whole. Yeah. Whole thing. Actually, fire I, festival. Almost. Yeah, exactly. Fire festival. I, I actually think um, that it will be some big um, f- um, chaos during the tournament. Something will blow up. That like the water will. They will run out of water. There will mm. be some kind of riots. It will be some. I I think something will happen that will go to history that hasn't been like seen in the World Cup previously. Yeah. I think that's. I think I don't think that the Qatar. Uh, community got the infrastructure needed to to have as many fans from supporting different countries. It's a small country. Yeah, it's, and it's really, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so I think that it's not only the the poor rights for the mm. people who live there and for the people who've been working to to make this uh, World Cup uh, possible. It's also like the infrastructure and for the people who's actually traveling down to see their. It's a it's a dream come true, you know, for so many fans to like see their. 
their country in a World Cup. For sure. Um, and I think a few of them, and actually quite many, uh, will be disappointed um, with the whole like experience of uh, visiting Qatar for the World Cup. Yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah, mate. I mean, just the whole process of how it happened, right? It's, it's yeah. clear that it wasn't fairly awarded to them. No. Right? Like, it was, it was, all the evidence points to there was massive corruption in the whole bidding yeah. process. Yeah. Right? And um, that doesn't surprise anyone, right? Yeah, at all. No. I, mean, I don't know if you got the chance to watch the FIFA documentary on Netflix I've, yet. I've seen, I've seen like parts and clips here and there, but I haven't watched it yeah, the whole of uh, it. But I, I've, I've heard it's really good. Yeah, it's on Netflix, right? Yeah, it's on Netflix. There's one yeah. part that actually really stuck with me. Yeah. And that was, um, it was basically like a couple weeks before the vote, right? Yeah. The UEFA president, Michel Platini at the time. This must be 2010 or something? Yeah, I think 2009. 2009. So a couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah. I forgot what part of the year it was, but it was 2009 and a couple of weeks mm -hmm. before the vote. Platini, um, who has, who's very influential in who the European um, FIFA executive committee members vote for. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so he, yeah, he, had, he, he had lunch with the French pres president, Nicolas Sarkozy, yeah. and the son of the Emir of Qatar. Right? Yeah. And, he, and um, Platini was surprised by the whole Qatar delegation that was there. He didn't know there would be so many people from there. And, um, and he felt like during that lunch that he got like a subliminal message from Sarkozy mm. that it would be in the best interest of France if Platini voted for, um, for Qatar rather than the US, mm. right? And, um, and he kind of felt like he fell, he fell into a trap and yeah. Sarkozy basically sold his vote to, to the Qataris, right? Um, but then the thing is, guess what happens after... So yeah, he did end up voting for Qatar and guess what happens, you know, in the, in the weeks after that? I don't know. Yeah, a couple of big things. So after Platini votes for Qatar, first of all, the Qatari state buy, buys PSG, right? That's one thing. Yeah, yeah. That was just a couple, couple weeks after France voted for them. Yeah. Um, you know, pouring billions into the club. That's why PSG are the club they are today. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right? Second of all, BN Sports, which is the main, yeah. Um, yeah, the main Qatari broadcaster. Yeah. Right? They buy the French TV rights for huge money as well. Yeah. Right? And third, um, big trade deals between France and Qatar. Yeah, there was some 7 billion fighter jet deal and the Qataris also bought a, a whole bunch of French Airbuses, you know, the, the planes. Yeah. Um, so this shows like, you know, all the decisions that led to the World Cup being held in Qatar were happening at the, the highest level of politics. Yeah. It's, not, know, it's pretty staggering. It's not, it's not a coincidence that yeah. all, all of those events happened within a few weeks. Yeah. That, that can't be a coincidence. Yeah. There is definitely something, something wrong here. Yeah, interesting say, point interesting point I didn't know all these facts actually uh, and there's, the document is filled with more of those but that was yeah. one that really stuck with me right? interesting I, yeah. I, ha I have to see it actually yeah, it's, um, uh, yeah, it's so interesting to see like how how much this beautiful and fantastic game was like uniting the whole world basically and it's but it got like so many dark downsides and so many like huge uh, political um, political things who's actually uh affecting the world football in so many ways that we don't uh, don't um, reflect on of only like a few years afterwards yeah. we we start to understand like what all of these small events led to a huge event a few years yeah later. yeah so it's, it's insane really interesting only thing i think about you know because people have been referred to this as a sports washing right yep you know sports washing is right? yeah like when you kind of try yeah. to you know cover up you know the, yeah. the negative reputation with you know these type of hosting events and mm -hmm. that type of thing you know the Saudis buying 
Newcastle, all of that, right? Yep. But it feels like almost, this has almost worked in the reverse, right? It feels like the reputation, at least from what I'm reading, and you know, the general sentiment is almost, before that people didn't really know or care about Qatar that much. No. But now as a result of this, you know, it's really shed light onto all the yep. negative stuff, and it's almost been a reverse sport, sports washing, right? Yep. It's almost harmed the reputation more than building it up, which is kind of yep. what they were hoping for. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but it's also like pretty naive of them, yeah. I think. But it also shown like how how bad they know like the the world of football. Yeah. I would say, um, and also like how critical football now has become. Yeah. Because I think so many international and uh, here in Sweden also national journalists, they are so um, skillful when mm-hmm. it comes to finding stories. Um, they want to know the truth. They want to. Um, show up things that weren't right so yeah. so i think also that is like uh, payback time for qatar for trying to do this to to brand uh themselves as a destination and a good country um to invest money in and uh, to to let into come to their own countries yeah investments and so on so yeah, for yeah. Sure. well what are your thoughts on the whole kind of you know there's been a lot of talk about people boycotting not yeah. watching the world Cup yeah. and so on what are your thoughts on that in general <sighs> i think it's like really hard yeah. It's like really hard because of course I I disagree so much with the uh, the way Qatar run uh, their country, mm. um, but still for me it's like hard because I'm 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 not an Al Svenskan fan the Swedish mm. league, uh, I support AIK uh, was born and raised in Solna so so that's my team and also mm. like my religion yeah. so AIK for some church yeah, yeah it's, I I call it when I go to the Sunday games I call it I go to church. So basically, like Alsenskan, they don't have least, like big owners and so on. They have still like the fifty one percentage rule, yeah. which uh, remains the supporters to own fifty one percent of the club. Um, and for me, I, I also watch uh, international football. For example, I watch Premier League basically every weekend, and uh, there are uh, teams Manchester City owned uh, by Qatar. Yeah, uh, Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi, yeah. and then you have Newcastle owned by Saudi Arabia. Yeah, and also like another a few other like clubs that are owned by owners who are not they they are not a hundred percent honest with the with yeah. what they're doing, and it's blood money basically yeah. that they use to to pay these players wages and so on. So for me, it feels like if you if you're watching the Premier League, mm. um, and you 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 don't want to watch the World Cup, I think you have to you have to wake up. Because it's basically the same thing. It's basically the money that they put in, it comes from the same sources. Um, yeah, that's a good point. So I think that it's like a bit like... Uh, yeah, I think that you should... Um, you should I, I think you should watch the World Cup. Because yeah. the World Cup is only every, every fourth year. Uh, it's so much happiness. It'll be so many emotions. It'll be so many people... Uh, this will also like highlight what is wrong in Qatar. And yeah. most probably, and hopefully, it will make things better. Yeah. I hope so, at least, that we will emphasize this more. Uh, this, will, this will be written more about, and maybe it can change the, uh, the rights for the people living in Qatar. Yeah, that's the thing. At least it's putting like, the spotlight on Qatar yeah. and all the human rights abuses and issues exactly. that are happening. So that's my, um, my hopes. Yeah, me too. For, for this. Uh, for sure. As a football fan, I just, I just can't not watch the World Cup. No, so, you know, no. I th- it's I on the public so. TV channels anyway, you know, yeah. it's not like we're buying packages to like no. watch it anyway, no. you know, it's like, yeah, 
But I think it's so good that you you can watch the football, but you can have two thoughts in your in your For head sure. at the same time. You it doesn't have to be black and white. You, you, know. you can enjoy the the beautiful game, yeah. the most beautiful game in the world by that far we, that so many people love. But you can also uh, think that Qatar is run in in hilarious in a horrendous way. Yeah. And that you wanted to change. And yeah. That's, Way emphasizing it, so yeah. Yeah, I agree, mate. Yeah, and actually, the tournament started yet started yesterday. Yeah. Um, with the I would say the least exciting uh, first game in the World Cup ever, Qatar against Ecuador, and I I watched the game, and I think it was it was not a good game at all. I think Qatar they they were worse than I thought they would be. So yeah, I thought you know I'd read there were Asian champions two thousand eighteen. Yeah. You know they've yeah. been training together for the last like months and so on. Yeah. I was expecting a little bit more from them. Yeah, post nation. Yeah, but I I I I like that Ecuador uh, won the game. And I think Ecuador played played play pretty like physically, but yeah. I think that also they can they can harm some teams actually yeah. in, in this group. I think that it could be be harder to beat than what you actually think. So I was actually also like a bit impressed with how how Ecuador um, uh, played the game. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I thought I thought it looked like almost men against boys. Like yeah. on physical, physically, and on the fitness level, yeah, it felt like there were several levels above them. Yeah, Do you mean knocking them out of the way, a lot faster, a lot stronger. Yeah, yeah. and that's only Ecuador. Yeah, that's imagine Ecuador. when they're going to meet like the the really good teams. Yeah, I mean the Netherlands are going to batter them. Senegal yeah. are going to batter them as well. Yeah, exactly. They'll probably end up with the worst goal difference ever. I think so too. I think think so too, and that is uh, karma. Yeah, karma in my opinion. And also, there was um, a huge nation playing its first game in this tournament early early on today. Three Lions. Yes, actually, your home country. Yeah, one actually, of them. One yeah, of them. one of one of your home countries. Yeah. Uh, England won six one mm. against uh, Iran. Yeah. Um, what were your thoughts? I think England played well. I think that England uh, they looked they were in a good mood. Mm. I think the players they didn't look nervous. They looked like they were enjoying their game, mm. and uh, they came out on the field and uh, showed how good they are. This is Iraq, of course, but still, I think that they show like joy on the pitch. Yeah. Um, I think they they show that they are they're here to to compete and they are here to to perform well in this World Cup. Yeah, yeah I mean, I totally agree. I mean. Yeah. In regards to the last couple of major tournaments, yeah. so I just want to take a step back, you know, talk about England a little bit. In regards to the last major tournaments, right? Like, yeah, they've had, they've had, by their standards, they're on a very good run, right? Definitely. Final or semi-final in the Euro, no, in the last World Cup. Yep. And final in the Euros last summer. Yeah. Right? But in the actual form, like, it's not looking too. It wasn't looking too good before today. No. I think they didn't win any of the Nation League uh, matches that they had. Um, the last competitive win was against San Marino in twenty twenty one. Yeah. So they weren't in the best form going to this. Yeah. Um, but I do think that they still have some level of expectation in the squad. Right? Definitely, I mean, definitely. I was looking. I was reading something, and I saw they had the most expensive, um, the highest value squad of the World Cup. Yeah, something like one point. That doesn't surprise billion. me though. It doesn't surprise players, you know. Like players are slightly paid, and it doesn't really matter in international football because I mean you don't buy those players anyway, right? Nah, like, exactly. they play for their country. But still, it said something about you know the talent that they do have. Yeah, as well. You know, the likes of, I mean, Jude Bellingham, right? Yeah. I think he's, uh, I think he's a, you know, future potential superstar. Definitely. You know, I think he's got everything. Um, they, they, they got like quite, quite good depth also yeah. in the squad. Like players like um, Marcus Rashford, Phil Foden, Calvin Phillips, he hasn't been playing so much for Manchester City. He's still a really good player. 
Um, you have like so many talented players also like on the bench who can actually come in and contribute. Yeah. Um, for this World Cup squad, so so yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. Totally uh, England, England going on here. And they have, I mean, I'd say the only weakness in the squad is probably yeah. a centre back. Yeah. Um, no, Harry Maguire not even playing for United. No, John. St- I think John Stones is really good. He's um, really good. He's, he's, he's a talented. good player. Um, but in general, when you compare to all the top nations, England's centre backs are probably the weakest. Yeah, player. and also the. Like the goalkeeper is not yeah the goalkeeper as well even though he always does well for England but yeah. if you just look at him as a, as a goalkeeper he's not at the level of um, you know the other, the other top nations nah exactly right? Brazil with Edison and Alisson uh, yeah exactly and all of that but it's going to be interesting to see and we also we just finished watching uh, Senegal yeah. against the uh, Netherlands Netherlands won the game with 2-0 two, two mm-hmm. uh, it was the United prospect uh, Cody Gakpo scoring a header mm-hmm. uh, Mendy was a bit late out there um, he, he he could have been more thinking faster mm-hmm. come out and uh, get that clear that one away and then he also uh, led a pretty pretty like sloppy um, sloppy finish uh, right, aside, right out to to Davi Klaassen who mm-hmm. scored the second one and I think it was actually I didn't I didn't watch the whole game but I think that it was uh, fair that the Netherlands won this game. Yeah. Poor for the z- sending up, but I still think that they will go through as the second second team in this group. Yeah, it's between them and Ecuador for that. Yeah, but I think, position. I I I think um, I think Senegal has bigger chances. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's a shame Sadio Mane got injured. You know, the week before the World Cup. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's. You know, was, yeah, not one fun of the, at all. I mean, he was second in the Ballon d'Or rankings. You know? Yeah. He's one of the top players. In the world, um, and then you know check Kuyate today as well. Yeah, he's also like a key player yeah. for the nation. Yeah, he's yeah, I mean he's dominant. Yeah, you know, top top player. Yeah, and it's actually a game ongoing now. We're eight minutes in to the USNA, mm. their their first game in this tournament, and they're they're facing Wales. Um, thought thoughts and predictions for this for this game. Who do you think are the the stronger part? I mean, I think the. I, I think the US are gonna win it. I don't think they have, you know, it's kind of like when you watch Leeds and so on. I think they're that type of team. Just so yep. much energy and yep. you know, even when yeah, I lived in the US a couple, you know, when I was young and so on. There's just like such yep. a focus on like, fitness and you know energy and you team know spirit. team spirit. And I think I think all of that that they have, I think that's gonna. Pushing through this group, so I think they'll, I think they'll go through. Honestly. Also, in my opinion, because I'm also, I, I haven't lived in the US, but I, we will talk about this more in uh, future later episodes, episodes, future episodes of this podcast. But I'm, I'm really like excited to see how the US, the USA is gonna, uh, is gonna contribute to the world football. I think they have, they have a really like, uh, bright future when mm-hmm. it comes to the players that they actually um, provide now to mm-hmm. big European clubs. They have players from from uh, from teams like Milan, Juventus, Leeds, Valencia, mm-hmm. Chelsea, Borussia Dortmund, Lille, Arsenal. They got players from like the biggest biggest clubs in the world, even though they're not like key players. All of them for these yeah. for these clubs. But if you compare like the US, uh, the USA and uh, Wales, I think the Wales are they have many players that are like uh, past their peak. Yeah, that's true. If you go like Gareth Bale. Uh, Aaron Ramsey, you have like Hennessy in goal. Yeah, like uh, I think that the uh, USA they have like many players that are they have their future ahead of them. Yeah, sure. I think that 
in in two years or in four years when it's going to be the World Cup in the US and Canada and Mexico. I think the US is going to have a, a really good team. Yeah, so, I agree. So actually, um, the US is actually my like dark horse in this tournament. I think that this they, they can yeah. they can I think that they can do things. Actually, I don't yeah. think that they will go that that far. But I think they will impress people because I think that many. Many people, you know, they laugh when they think of, like, Amer- America's soccer. playing soccer. You know, this whole uh, Ted Lasso thing. Yeah. It's been, like, a, a few, like, quite quite much banter regarding, like, Americans playing soccer, as they say, football, as we say. Um, but I think it's going to be exciting to see yeah. uh, how they're going to perform in yeah. this World Cup tournament. Yeah, yeah me too. Mate. I think they'll go through the group. Yeah. But I don't think... Yeah. I don't think they will go further. I don't. I think they'll. No. I forgot who they meet if they go through that group. Uh, they will most probably face the Netherlands. Yeah. If the Netherlands end up to first place, and I think the Netherlands will be hard for them to beat. So yeah. they will go out. Yeah, sure. Um, but, yeah, but that's yeah. that's the first three three games of the tournament. Four games actually. Yeah, including because, the one on. Yeah, now. they're the one I'm going now. Um, but it's actually. We talked a bit about England, but there there are some other huge nations that haven't hasn't actually like w- gone into the tournament yet. Mm-hmm. We have uh, a few like many people predict that these maybe one of these teams will win the tournament. We have Brazil with a crazy squad. Um, we have Argentina with Messi, uh, who's actually he's craving this World Cup title uh, more than anything else. And we got France, who also got a crazy team. Have have some bit of. Problems with the injuries on yeah. key players, and they also in the midfield. Yeah, exactly. And they often like have these uh, disciplinary problems yeah. within their squad. I think so. France, France is always like hard to hard to like hard to predict, and we also have Germany, yeah. who are a machine. Yeah. Always you know, work together. Mentality monsters. Exactly. So, um, what are your predictions on these these four giants? I mean, I think on. When it comes to Brazil, when I yeah. think of the World Cup, I think of Brazil, right? They, they are the they, most they are successful the, World Cup team. Yeah, exactly. By fact. Yeah. You know, I just think of, yeah, you know, they won it five times. They got five stars on the show. They won it in 58, 62, 70, 94, and 02. Yeah. Right? So it's been 20 years since they won. But, I mean, I think this year they look like a proper threat. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think um, they're probably, they are the faves if you look at the bookies. Right? I'll say so um, too. And they're on fire. And I think they, if, if, if they hit... The right tune, I think they could actually comfortably win it. Um, yeah. I think they conceded four goals in 2021. Yeah. Um, I mean, they got some phenomenal players. Neymar, who's on absolute fire this season. Yeah. 15 goals, 12 assists in 19 games. Yeah. Which is, which is a joke. It's the French league. But yeah, still, but still, still, still. Still insane. I mean, yeah. if you put those numbers up in the Premier League, that would be... Yeah, that'd be a totally different level, but it's still it's still insane numbers. Yeah, um, and even the World Cup qualifiers, eight goals, eight assists in ten games. Yeah, so even that is pretty. That's pretty insane. Like the numbers. I would say, I would say that he is on top of his career at yeah. this moment. Yeah, yeah I say so too. He's also he's almost turning thirty. I think I think he's he's he turned thirty. I think so. Yeah, he's yeah he's born ninety two. So yeah, he's thirty yeah. this year. Yeah, he's well, he turned thirty. Already. So so it, he should be in his peak. Yeah, and, and I think someone and someone who has maybe been in his peak. But still, um, can contribute hugely for his country is Lionel Messi, from yeah. Argentina, and I think that many many people they, my my feeling is that many many people want Argentina to win for Messi's cause and for Messi's sake, uh, but I don't believe in Argentina going through all the way. Yeah. Actually, it feels hard to say it, but I don't think they will. In my bracket, for me, it looks like they're gonna. 
lose to Brazil in the semis. Yes, I think the Brazil are stronger when it comes to their squad, but still, I think that Argentina, they doesn't they don't have that much pressure. Yeah, they have pressure on them, hundred percent. But I think that they it's not so much talk about Argentina. I think Argentina has crazy team also. They haven't lost since. Um, they haven't lost in 35 games. Nah, that's crazy. Since they lost to Brazil in 2019, which yeah. is insane. That's crazy. 35 games unbeaten. Yeah. yeah. Like, they're looking proper good. Yeah. Honestly. And, you know, I think they look strong all around the field. I'd yeah. say, except, except for the fullbacks. Fullbacks, yeah. You know, the left back and right back. I mean, they got, wait, they got Acuna from Sevilla. Yeah. Good, good, good player. Good player. Good player, but... I mean, but still, it, not world class. Yeah. Of course not. Of course not. But not like they have in other positions. Nah, exactly. That's true. And right back, who they have? They've got. Um, I think they have on the right back. Don't check. I think it's Juan Foyth. Isn't it normally him who plays there? Maybe and also Molina from Atletico yeah. Madrid. It's it's not someone yeah, who is like exactly like it's not. It's not that. I think nah. I think that's a weakness. Um, yeah, centre backs are solid. You know they got yeah. Alessandro Martinez who's. Has been an absolute beast for United this season. Yeah, you know, aggressive, technical. Yeah, reads the game so well, like a proper fighter. Yeah, but, uh, I'm obsessed with. It. I love that player. Yeah. So Otamendi. Yeah, exactly. Otamendi and Romero. Romero too, crazy player yeah. too. So I think they're solid so, there. Definitely. Emi Martinez in goal. Rodrigo de Paul, who's who's like Messi's bodyguard. Or I feel yeah. like the whole Argentina team. Yeah. It looks like they'd all die for Messi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that is also important, I think, for the yeah, team yeah. spirit and uh, the reason why I think that Argentina can go 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 far yeah, in this yeah. tournament. That's because it feels like the whole team want Messi to win this tournament. It's like the last piece for him to be bigger than Maradona. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Although sometimes I do think there's a little bit of almost overemphasis on the importance of winning a World Cup for one's yeah. career. Just yeah. Because it's, you know, um, you need quite a lot of luck. Yeah, you need to be, from and first of all, you also have to be from a certain group of countries. Yeah. If you're Welsh, Gareth Bale, you know, no chance ever. Right? Yeah. Like, you have to be lucky to be from one of those countries in the first place. Yeah, and you need a lot of luck, a good squad around you. Yeah, but I do think I don't know it could perhaps be I could it could perhaps be messenger this this time. Maybe, um, but someone I wish they'd taken just to give him the experience. You know, yeah. like, just like you know Brazil brought Ronaldo in '94. He didn't play one minute, but I think Argentina should have brought. Alejandro Garnacho. They didn't. Uh, when they did, okay. It was rumors about him taking them. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. that would have been good for just, you know, get him into the squad. He's yeah. definitely going to be the next World Cup. Yeah. You know. I mean, he's, he, looks a, he looks a real gem. Yeah. But, but also, things are going pretty fast for him. Yeah. I think that it can also, I think that they may have in mind that they don't want him to rush this. Mm. We don't rush this talent and, uh, you know, pick him, I don't know, no, um, uh, I wouldn't say it's the same same case here. But yeah. you know, remember Theo, Theo Walcott when yeah. they brought him in? He was sixteen years old. Yeah, you know all this pressure. Um, maybe I can think that this is a strategic thing that uh, Argentina did actually. And also, like things have gone pretty fast for him. Yeah, they've got everything's it, happened in the last month. Yeah, exactly. So I also think that it's, it could be could be good for him to not not like be in the squad. It was the same thing a bit with Boyan Kirkic. Yeah. We've seen a lot of players who get picked. Uh, into big countries early and then fall off. So I think yeah. it's you are gonna for sure see him uh, see him perform for yeah. the Argentinian national team. Uh, I can almost swear on that. So so I still think it would be a bit early for him. So it's better for him to like, so? 
to like uh, to chill with him and showing him showing him off when he's when he's yeah. actually ready. That's a fair point as well. Yeah. Even though I don't think if he came, I don't think he would have played at all. No, nah. just kind of get that experience. You know, being around the squad, experiencing World Cup. True that, but he'll get his time. He'll get his time anyway. He'll get his time definitely. Um, I don't know if there's so much to say about France. Uh, and we can touch on them. I mean, yeah. The reigning champions. Yeah. But they haven't been in such good form. No. I think they won one game in the Nations League group. Yeah. Which was with, where they had Denmark, Austria and Croatia. So yeah. pretty relatively easy group. Yeah. Um, you know, beaten by Denmark. Yeah. Um, and Denmark will have no fear after, after they beat them. And all the two countries probably feel like they have nothing to lose. Right? Australia yeah. and Tunisia. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be exciting to see them too. But I think they're missing, you know, they're just missing Kante and Pogba in midfield, which yeah. I think... Which I think will be a struggle for them. Although they do have Chouamini, Rabio, Camavinga. Yeah, uh, but just like the experience that they're missing. Yeah, but, definitely. But Chouamini, I mean, I was at the Atletico Real Madrid game in yep. in September. Yeah. And someone who really impressed me was Chouamini. Yeah. He's so dominant. I think know. I think he 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 will be the the greatest midfielder. He him and Jude Jude Bellingham will most probably be like the most talented like central midfielders, even yeah. though they're not. Typically, the same type of players, but I think mm-hmm. those two will be uh, two of the best central midfielders. Yeah. Uh, the following century, I think so. And hopefully, hopefully Bellingham doesn't end up with him at Real Madrid because that would be an unfair midfield. Yeah. yeah. With Valverde as well with Camavinga. Yeah. I mean, those guys will win five of the next Champions League. Yeah. Definitely. Five of the next ten Champions Leagues again. If that I think that uh, I think that it's uh, great. Uh, it's it's a big big risk. It will be in that way. Yeah. A risk or how you. How you want to see it, but I think uh, that might be the case yeah. that he end up there. But I think the thing about France, I think their main, I think their main threat is them beating themselves. Yeah, um, they kind of have a tendency to implode. Yeah, they have happened in twenty ten. You know, yeah. under Raymond Dominic. Yeah, you know, they can kind of egos. You know, getting they, on top of each other, like friend- uncontrolled egos. Yeah. They many many French players, in my opinion, uh, have that type of mentality. Yeah. So so I think it's a it's a hard hard team to manage, uh, but I think Deschamps uh, he's the right man for that job. So yeah, interesting to see. Interesting um, to see. I mean, sad about you know Ballon d'Or winner Benzema being out injured. Yeah. And Kunku getting injured in training as well. Yeah. So that's a shame for them. But of course, you do have Kylian Mbappe, who is. Yes. Of course, many people think G- the best G- player in the world. Giroud is always good when he plays for France. Yeah. And he's actually been contributing quite well in my my Italian team, Milan. Yeah. So so I think he will, he will also be good. Mm. But if we should talk a bit about Germany, um, as we said, they are a machine. And I would say with their MVP, um, Joshua Kimmich, who I think is highly underrated. I think he's a crazy player and they still have... Talented players like Thomas Müller, who is back playing for the national team. Yeah. And they also got crazy talent when it comes to Jamal Muziala, who's actually, I think he's almost, he's almost had like 20 caps, even though he's, he's only, he's not even 20 years old. Yeah, yet. he's 19. I think he's 103. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so the crazy amount of talent that the, the German team has. And yeah. also uh, a few like players who contributed to fantastic things previously with Mario Götze. And Thomas Miller, they're yeah. back in the back in the squad. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was happy so, to see them back. Yeah, and Hansi Flick continue continue to work well with this team. Yeah, um, he knows all the guys from Bayern. Yeah, exactly. He, he he dominated with them. Yeah, exactly. He was in the bar, Bayern Munich, their academy, and then he went went on and to to other clubs and so on. And then he came to came back to Bayern, and then he took the 
German national team. So they will also be a an interesting yeah. uh, team to, yeah, to watch. Yeah, for sure. They look solid. Yeah. You know, good midfield. Gundo, Gundogan, Kimmich and Goretzka. Yeah. i say the only kind of real weakness is probably the lack of a clear striker. Yeah. You know, Tim McGurner got injured leading up to the World Cup. So exactly. it's only Kai Havertz, who I think yeah. is a good player, but he's not really a clear striker. But I still no. think, you know, as long as he gets the service from his... From the wingers and the midfield, I do think he can. I think he can score a couple of goals for sure. Yeah, I do think actually that they will play <laughs> by Munich from midfield and forward. I think it will be Kimmich, um, uh, Goretzka, Gnabry, Sane. Um, uh, who else am I thinking of? Uh, Thomas Müller and Musiala. Yeah, you think. You think Havertz or Gundogan or any of those? No, no I think I think may, maybe Müller would play up front. Mm. They would have Nabri on the right hand side, Sane on the uh, left hand side, and then Musiala is number ten. Um, Musiala is definitely starting. But yeah. I read that Kai Havertz was vice cap- vice captain. Yeah. So I do think I do think he's going to be the main man up front. Yeah, maybe maybe he's going to be up front. But it'll be interesting to see, and I think that some of these teams that we mentioned now are going to end up be the winners. What are your uh, thoughts? I mean, my prediction, my predicted winners has to be Brazil, honestly. Yeah. Um, of course, they are the bookies' favorites, but I do think, I do think you know if they can make it gel, they are in good form. A lot of their strikers or attackers are in phenomenal form this season. Yeah. You know, Vinny Rodrigo is as well. I mean, Neymar, of course, as I mentioned, like everyone up there is in good form. Right? Casemiro and midfield. Like I do think they can. I think they could. I think they have a pretty good chance of winning it. So if I had to, if I had to put my money on someone, I'd go for Brazil. Yeah. What about you? I actually thought the same thing, but when I did my predictions in like this program here, mm-hmm. uh, Germany was my winner. So I, I would either go with Brazil or Germany. Those okay. are the ones that I, that I uh, that have my predictions. Yeah. Brazil, if you go for the squad, because I think it's crazy, mm-hmm. but when it comes to like the, the experience, uh, the experience of big tournaments and also the, the collaborative part, of it all mm. and this team machine of Germany I think they they're always hard to beat they're yeah. all also no one is like talking about them winning so I think they could yeah. they could like be like a dark horse to, yeah, for sure. to the title I think yeah they're always one of the favorites but this year I think they're ranked sixth in terms of favorite which is quite low for them yeah so I do think they I mean they, they, had, a, they had a terrible last World Cup last time finished yeah. bottom of the group yeah right and so I think they're out for some revenge and I do think I do think they'll have a better tournament this time um, <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but who do you have as runners up? Like, who do you think Germany are going to beat in the final? Um, I think it's going to be. I have France here, but mm. I don't think it will be. I think it will be. Um, hmm, hard to say. Yeah, maybe France. France? Maybe France, actually. Yeah. Mm. Uh, who do you have? I've got England as mine. England, okay. Yeah. You have a bit of. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it, it is a little bit of hope. Yeah, a little bit of hope rather than, rather than you know. It feels like an emotional, yeah, thing, rather than an rational one. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. But I did the same with the Euros. Yeah, I was saying, oh, England reached the final. You know, no one thought that either. Yeah, um, and I think I, I have a feeling the same. And like we saw today, they looked they looked pretty good. Yeah, you know? definitely. I mean, a lot of the attackers were in, yeah looked on fire. As as a United fan, I was so happy to see Rashford. Yeah, playing the way he is. Yeah, uh, the confidence is back, which is came on, came off the bench, scored one minute afterwards. Exactly, with a with a really class class move before finishing it off. Class, I think it was forty seven seconds after coming yeah. on. So you know that was great to see. Yeah, Bukayo Saka. 
Yeah. After you know everything that happened to the Euros final, yeah, you know, exactly. so it's great to see him get two goals today. Um, so I do think I do think England can reach the final. It'll be interesting to see if they if they do. But they probably end up beating France in the in the last eight. I think that one is last that, that, that one is uh, that one is a fifty fifty. Yeah, that it is fifty fifty. And I think England could actually go through there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's see exactly. And who do you have as a surprise? Surprise package. I kind of have. I think Denmark. Denmark, yeah. They most probably beat Argentina. That's the thing. Like they have a tough bracket. They're either gonna play. Um, but Denmark, Denmark are doing crazy stuff. That's also a thing actually that we will yeah, mention uh, later on. We'll have an episode on Denmark. Yeah, definitely. Denmark is a country. You know the football system yeah. in Denmark. For me as a Swede, uh, it, it, it hurts my heart to see Denmark do well, but I, I, I can't say anything else that I'm super impressed with with the, the generation that they, they have put, put through and how they work with football in that country. That is uh, absolutely insane, actually. Hey. Such a small country, how, how many good players they can get, get to, hey. to big clubs in Europe. Insane. Um, but my, my surprise package is uh, the US. Yeah. But I think they they will they will also go go in the round of sixteen mm. because they will most probably meet the Netherlands and I think mm. they will go through. But I think that they will um you will see a seed to what you will see in the yeah. in the mm. tournament twenty twenty four. Yeah, okay. Twenty twenty six, I mean, sorry. Mm. <laughs> Wrong again. Surprise early exit then. Who do you think will be a flop in this tournament? I gotta go with France actually. France, I mean yeah. I, I have them lo- losing to England in the in the round of sixteen, yeah. Um, so I do think I, I do think they'll go out quite early. You know, with that mid, you know, with the lack of experience in midfield and the fact that you know uncontrolled egos, and yeah, they can beat themselves. I do think I might bite my words later, but I do think they'll, um, yeah, they're my they're my early exit. What about you? Um, yeah, I was I, between them and Belgium. I was between them. And yeah, Belgium. Belgium. I also think that Croatia won't do that well. Are they really? Would that be a surprise though? I feel like it's not really a country one expects to go that far. Nah, that's true. That's yeah. true. But still, they, they came to the final last time. Exactly. Still. Exactly. But yeah, then I, I would say Belgium then because mm-hmm. and also Spain because I think that I think that Spain and Belgium will most probably meet each other mm-hmm. in the round of sixteen, mm-hmm. and I actually think that Belgium will go through there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's either Belgium or Spain. Belgium or Spain. Okay. And who do you think uh, will be the top scorer of the tournament then? I've got. I've actually got Neymar. Yeah, I think Neymar too. I can definitely see Neymar. Neymar ball out at least. Uh, also like in the group stage. Yeah. I think I think that he could he could score quite quite a few goals actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah Against I Switzerland, so I don't hold them that high. Cameroon. Yeah. I think that he could score a few there, and also like Serbia, they're they're also like an unstable team. So so I I think also that Neymar um, could be a big threat when it comes to. The, to the top scorer title. And I think he's also actually really close to becoming Brazil's all-time top scorer as well. Yeah. He's like three goals behind Pele or something. Yeah. Which so, also is crazy. So And he's like, I mean, he's 30. So he yeah. still has a lot of cap, a lot yeah. more caps to come. So I think, I think he'll be um, Pele this tournament as well. Yeah. We don't talk enough about Neymar actually. Yeah. I, I, I think it's like, the whole thing with the, like Ronaldo and Messi and so on have been like, Neymar has been so good for like so many years. He's gone under the radar a big time. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's I, I hope that he will he will get the tournament he deserved. Yeah. And um yeah, to to maybe sum it up a bit, we we will continue to have these uh, these these episodes and uh, talking about the World Cup while it's ongoing. Um but this is our last prediction and this is uh, the player of the tournament. 
And I have to say, actually, that I <laughs> I actually think that the top scorer and player of the tournament might be Neymar. But it depends on how far they will go. Uh, but otherwise, I think that uh, Joshua Kimmich, player of the tournament, could be a player mm-hmm. of the tournament also. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you? I'm boring on this one, and I'm actually going similar to you. Neymar, I think if he's top scorer, I think he's definitely player of the tournament as well. Definitely. Because I don't see him having, being top scorer and player of the tournament. But yeah. let's say if I put someone else as top scorer. Yeah. Um, I mean, Mbappe could also nah. He won't if I have France going out early. Yeah. Um, I mean, Latar Latar Martinez could get quite a few goals as well. Yeah. Um, you, you, get good, you get good service with Di Maria on the right on the left hand flank, and then Messi on the right hand. Yeah. As in a free role, but and and they play, play Saudi Arabia in the group. Yeah, I mean, like exactly. Someone can become top scorer just from that game. Yeah, exactly. And I think it could actually be um, that they can win with over. That it can win around 10 goals, actually. Yeah, honestly. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they win with like 10, 10 yeah, or something. Yeah. So I think, I, mean, I think Latar Martinez could also be the top scorer. Yeah. So, mate, like, let's see, but I do have a feeling the, Argent- the South Americans are going to be good this year. Yeah, Argentina, Brazil. So it's going to be so exciting. Man, I'm we're, buzzing. We're on the start. This, this time of the year in Sweden here, it's snow outside. We're snowed in almost. Yeah, exactly. You don't even want to go out. And then it's fantastic actually to have football on, football on TV that you can just enjoy. Um, so we, we leave off with this episode with a positive feeling about yeah. the World Cup. And we we're excited uh, to see what's going to happen in the tournament. We're also excited to see what this podcast will bring us. Yeah. Um, this is only the start. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this first episode. Hope so. And uh, as we as we said previously, uh, we will come back with uh, uh, episodes during the World Cup, and we will also follow up after that with what's going on in the leagues and the whole world football, um, and also have these type of uh, uh, episodes where we focus on a specific topic exactly. and talk through that. So weekly episodes for us to come. Yes. So so fun to hope that you liked uh, our chat. And uh, see you soon again.